Welcome to another outrageous episode of the You Know Show. We are two geeks who talk about everything. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined this week by my guest co-host, Nicole. Hi. Yay. Everyone, round of applause. Thank you, thank you. Uh, today, we're talking about the 2001 medieval adventure comedy, sort of comedy, uh, A Knight's Tale. Nicole, this is pretty much your favorite movie, right? Absolutely, yep. Um, and you, you've already told me you've watched it twice this morning uh, before we recorded. So um, did you get to see this in the theaters back in the day? Or did you, like, like a lot of people didn't see it in the theaters. It, it was not one of those big hits at the box office. It, it's since become a cult classic. So uh, when you did first see it, your initial thoughts, like, what did, what did you think? So, no, I didn't see it in the theater. Um I think it came out like in early 2001. Was it May 2001? Honestly, I can't remember. I think it was like May. Um, I had I'd actually gone to Virginia for the weekend. My sister was in town. And she was like, come in my room. You have to see this movie. And in her room, she had a 13-inch TV, the old VHS tape thing. And at the time, McKenna, my third oldest child, had just been born, like maybe two months old. And we sat on her bed and that was the first time I had like watched it and was enthralled. Like I love, now you know me, Aaron, you know how I am about movies. And that was back in the day with no streaming. So I didn't have access to it to be able to watch it again right away. But that was the first time I saw it on a 13 inch TV screen. So I was so excited when I finally got a copy of it that I could watch on a larger screen TV. And knowing how you are with movies, like you prefer movies on a big screen. So, I mean, you'd rather see a movie at the theater than watch it at home. So have you ever had the opportunity to see this in theaters? Has it been re-released in all these years Mm -hmm. that you know of? We watch for it. You know, the the flashback cinema will do old movies and we'll constantly watch to see if it ever pops up and I've yet to ever see it I, that, like this is one I would do it was kind of like the Wizard of Oz getting to see the Wizard of Oz on the big screen that's how I feel about this movie I I don't know you know how during COVID you could rent out a theater and get them to play a movie and I, I wondered then like can they get their hands on a night's tale could we rent out a theater yeah. and watch it but I would love to be able to see it on the big screen maybe I'm someday sure. Like, I'm sure you can, like, do that. Because I remember this was, it was after COVID, but uh, still a couple years ago. Um, like, we rented out the, like, the big theater at Grand, at the Grandin Theater in Roanoke. Oh, yeah. And uh, for, my, for my grandmother's birthday, we did a showing of uh, The Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was just, like family and friends that that were able to come and uh it was re- it was really neat um hmm. so i don't know i don't know if you find the right theater they'd probably do it for you yeah it's gonna cost you but yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> you know you, ha- you have to make it worth their while to close down a theater for a showing <laughs> and yeah but um so the plot follows heath ledger as william uh, he is a peasant who poses as a knight to compete in medieval jousting tournaments. Um, so what did you think of the premise? You've got this medieval story 
but it's also packed with like modern music and you got like all these anachronisms that wouldn't have existed in medieval times, but still makes it fun. Right. Um, so, yeah, so with this movie, I didn't know when I started watching it, like it was just called a night's tale. It, I did not, I don't even think I knew even right away. It wasn't until we met Chaucer that I realized. So back in high school in literature, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales was one of my absolute favorites. So as I started piecing together what was happening on the screen, that this is like Chaucer, like this is, and he's writing about, you know, a knight's tale. I think that's probably part of a little bit of the draw of that movie for me, because it all like started falling into place as I was watching it and realizing, oh my gosh, this is like one of my favorite stories. I mean, a Knight's Tale, not necessarily the movie. They're not, you know, it's not the same, but, right. you know. Um, and the other funny thing is, I didn't know who Heath Ledger was. Now, I had seen The Patriot, and The Patriot is another one of my absolute favorite movies with Mel Gibson that he's in. But back then, I didn't have IMDb to pull up on my phone to be like, what do I know this guy from? So it was a long time before I put that together, that this is the same guy that is in this other movie I really like. Um, but those came out almost back to back. And I had never seen 10 Things I Hate About You. So I really didn't know who Heath Ledger was um, as I'm watching this. And I didn't know who Paul Bettany was. I didn't know anybody in this movie. So to me, it was this movie full of people I didn't recognize. So I was enamored with the story and the music. Like, I thought the music is what the whole beginning scene I don't when my kids were little my dad would he would sing we will rock you with them so when that movie starts with that I'm like I'm sitting there holding my brand new baby in tears because I'm like oh my god this is so special I think Jennifer did it on purpose because she goes on like sentimental that way but um but I read later that they chose that music because if they had played like music of that time we wouldn't have appre we wouldn't have gotten excited about it because to us that music right. from back then was like meh what but they would have been all riled up by the music that was playing so that that movie does that with that music it immediately draws you in and gets you excited about what's about to happen and I I loved it they sucked me in it worked <laughs> y'all this takes us uh, a few beats from Queen and then you're, you're done <laughs> <laughs> kind of like at the piano bar the second they start playing bohemian rhapsody i'm like yes <laughs> so william battles his way or he's he's under the the guise of um sir ulrich von lichtenstein uh, and he battles his way up the tournament ranks he wins accolades he woos the noble lady jocelyn meanwhile you've got the evil count adamar scheming to sabotage his upstart rival um did you have a favorite character or moment in the movie like who stands out for you paul bettany by far is my favorite character but he's chaucer like every time the man gives a speech i'm like yes like every time he introduces auric i'm like yes do it again i thought he was fantastic i like i like auric but i was just drawn to paul bettany's character and then also um the black prince 
I loved him. Uh, the whole thing at the end, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. So, well, it, it's funny because those are the two characters that I was actually going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> like I was going to say, I was going to say for me, Paul Bettany, like he he stole a lot of those scenes, like as Ulrich's Harold. Yeah, you know, and he's this real life writer, Jeffrey Chaucer, and uh, just his introductions are are gold. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, why don't I have somebody? <laughs> who is going ahead of me and announcing my presence when I enter a room. Like yeah. that is the most incredible thing I think I've ever seen. And then, but I think my favorite scene, my favorite moment in the, in the entire movie comes near the end there. You're talking about Prince Edward when he knights William for real, like he's not the writer that Jeff is, but the speech that he gives there at the stocks is like epic. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is like my favorite scene in the whole movie. He he gets up to he gets up in William's face and like William's just like you know <laughs> in the stocks and and Prince Edward just strolls up because your men love you. Love you. If I knew nothing else about you, that would be enough. But and... you also tilt when you should withdraw, and that is nightly too. Oh, such a oh my gosh, that's that is like my favorite part of the. I get chills. You just gave me chills. Just I, I love that. Excuse me. He goes on, and he's talking about how his personal historians have discovered that he's descended from an ancient royal line, and he uses this line. And I always like I always look for ways, and it's never happened like organically. But I want to use this in real life in a conversation at some point. He goes, this is my word. And as such <laughs> is beyond contestation. Contestation, yes. <laughs> I've, never I've been only used that, that with my kids a couple of times. When they were little, <laughs> I used that with them a couple of times. <laughs> it was apparent that would work. Yeah. <laughs> like I've, I've never been able to find a way to work it into a conversation where, where it's like, Either either it, people would get it or like you'd, you'd have to use it in the right context. And like right. so few people would understand it. Like there's another line. It's it's from um, I don't know if you're watch, ever watched 30 Rock, the, the show with uh, Tina yeah. Fey and. Only Alec with you Baldwin. a couple of times. Yeah, there's uh, there's this one episode where uh, where Tracy Morgan is is talking with Alec Baldwin's character and, and says he's going to make him a mixtape. And and then it asks him, you like Phil Hartman, right? Or not Phil, Phil Hartman, Phil Collins. Why do I say Phil Hartman? I got <laughs> Saturday Night Live on the brain. So you like Phil Collins, right? And Alec Baldwin's response is, I've got two ears and a heart, don't I? And one time when I was working for, uh, for my church several years ago, one of the interns at lunch randomly, I don't, I don't remember what the conversation was, but she worked that line into the conversation and i cracked up because <laughs> and i was the only one who got it and i was like 30 rock she's like yeah it's like that is such a great line <laughs> it's 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 so much fun when you can when you can take these movie lines tv shows and and throw them into conversations and but it's only satisfying if somebody else gets it like yeah that I, is I true because really, my kids had no idea yeah None. no no mm. All right, so we've talked about casting a little bit with Heath Ledger, but um, and you know, with with Paul Bettany as uh, Jeffrey Chaucer. So you've got 
Ledger. He's showing off his like natural athleticism and he's got this charm as William. But we also get entertaining uh stuff from Alan Tudyk, who is uh Watt. Watt. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Addy is um oh help me out. What's what's his name? Oh uh, um Roland. Is it Roland? Yeah. I just watched it twice. What the heck? I'm sure that's right. You're sure, I'm sure you're right. And and Rufus Sewell is uh is the bad guy. Let's count he's Adam. The bad guy. Yeah. And he's always the bad guy. I don't think I've ever seen him play anything where he is uh-uh. one of the good guys. I was guys. thinking that too. Yeah. This morning I was thinking that too. Yeah. Um now I, I can't say I've seen everything he's been in. I'm sure he's been in other things, but I, like I know he was in uh one of the Zora movies where he was he was a bad, the bad guy. guy and... mm-hmm. He plays a good bad guy. Oh, he's good at it. He played a he played a Nazi in uh, that show, um, Man in the High Castle. Oh, I never saw it. In Prime Prime Video. Mm-hmm. I only saw the first season, um, but he was he was good in that too. Uh, were there any other performances that kind of stand out to you? Um. Or any from these three that we just mentioned. I mean, I so talking about Adamar when William is in, he's been locked up. This is before he's in the stocks, I think. And Adamar goes in and you know gives him that big talk, right? And my mind is <clears throat> suddenly failing me. <laughs> what all he says but i i was thinking about it this morning um as i was watching it it gets to the end because the whole thing through through that movie is you have been weighed you have been measured you have been found wanting which by the way i will not say his name out loud because he is the name we do not speak of in this house but there once was a worship pastor one day who knew i loved that movie he knew i loved it he was the one who called me the day Heath Ledger passed away to tell me because he knew i would be devastated sat down with me and showed me that that line was from the Bible. You have been weighed, you have been measured, and you have been found wanting. I didn't know that. But anyway, which leads to the end of the movie, which again is another one of my favorite scenes when Adamar goes down and one by one their heads pop up around him. And right. and it's in what world did you ever think you could, you could beat me kind of thing. Um, to me, it's like the ultimate underdog Oh, in your face yeah like I I love it but I but I don't know that it would have been the same I mean I'm sure somebody else could have played that part but I he played Adamar so well he was such a great bad guy to me in this yeah. movie from yeah. the beginning um and one that I loved seeing defeated at the end but still liked his character because he did it so well and that's important to me in a movie. Like, I want a bad guy that I, I still like at the same time because they play it so well. Um, and that was Rufus. He, he, I thought he did great with being Adamar. Yeah. I really feel like all of the actors that were cast, they they really fit their parts mm-hmm. perfectly. Um, and even the chemistry between each of the characters was was really good. I mean, you've got the just the, the interactions between Chaucer and Watt are, are hilarious. Yeah. Um, every he's he's because he's always giving him a hard time. Chaucer's always giving him a hard time, uh, 
with everything. Like anything yeah. he says or does, he's just, he's giving him crap for it. And and then you've got Roland over on the side who's just kind of egging it on. Um, and one of the fun things too is um, you've got this kind of background romance going on. Like, yeah, the the main thing you're you're paying attention to is is William and Jocelyn. But in the background, too, you've got her handmaiden and Roland kind of flirting in the background. Like, tell me you've noticed that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you've seen it 8,000 <laughs> times. I figured you, you, right. it's not like I'm t- telling you anything new, but uh, the no. look on your face was like, what? What are you talking about? No. Well, I was trying to figure out where you were going with it. What it was. I, just, I just think it's neat. Like, it's, it's yeah. not anything that, that, you know, no one draws attention to it. It's just like a background. Like, it literally... You just see them in the background talking to each other. But you see it coming and you're not surprised at the end with their interaction when you realize, right. oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause the first time he sees her, his mouth is open and, and Chaucer's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes and then he, t- he tells William, concentrate. <laughs> so, yeah. It's. <laughs> it's, it's neat to see those little things kind of happening in the background. Um, so I don't know if you knew this, uh, I read that, uh, the director, Brian Helgeland, um, mm-hmm. he had to fight to cast Heath Ledger in the lead. Uh, apparently the oh. studio wanted somebody who was a bigger star. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like, I didn't read anything about who they were looking for. They just didn't think he was a big enough name to carry this movie. Uh, oh, but wow. luckily, the director got his wish, and like I, I can't imagine anybody but Heath Ledger playing this. Mm-mm. No, because I had read that he found him from being on the set of The Patriot. Like he watched, he watched him like in action, and that's when he knew he wanted him. But I didn't know that, which would make sense. Like maybe if they had had a bigger name, it would have done better actually in the theaters. But I, I just, I think he was fantastic. I yeah. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, he reminds me so much of Chris Hemsworth. Like, it's like if they remade that movie, Chris Hemsworth could totally be Sir Oric von Lichtenstein, I think. Um, but because I remember, I think I was trying to think of what the first Chris Hemsworth movie was I saw. Maybe it was Thor. I don't remember, but I if I had a moment of going, what the heck? Wait, what the heck? Heath Ledger, he died. Who is this? Like, like my brain did this whole, I thought it was the same person. Like I, I started freaking out. <laughs> it was the same person. Um, because there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. I guess because they're both Australian probably. Um, but I don't know, his hair, everything about him in that movie, I thought was, I thought um, he made for such a believable, you know, because the movie is about social classes. Like, he was believable as the common person who made his way up through the ranks and became this this great knight. Like, he did it well. Um and again, I didn't remember him from the Patriot. <laughs> so in watching it, I was like, this kid is great. He's phenomenal. He's such a great actor. Not knowing I had already seen him in something else that I love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he was and the girl, uh, what is her name that plays um 
Jocelyn. love interest. Jocelyn. Uh, Shannon Sossman. Yeah. Like, I thought she was great. I I loved her. I loved the chemistry bet- between the two of them. And there's nothing like that dance scene. Like, the chemistry between them even in, in that scene. Um, it, you know, you can say this. It's like any movie. I cannot picture anybody else ever playing. Because I, I remember when my dad first told me that they were trying to get Tom Selleck to play Indiana Jones. Right. I'm like, no, nobody can be Indiana Jones but Harrison Ford. Did I say Harrison Ford? Um, but you don't know any different. Like, you know, you don't right. know. Somebody could have played it better. But I feel like there's every- another universe somewhere where we did get a Tom Selleck Indiana <laughs> Jones and <laughs> and then, you know, our doppelgangers in that universe are talking about how nobody <laughs> else could play Indiana Jones but Tom Selleck. Like I, I just can't right. picture. Harrison no. Han Solo playing Han no, Solo. No. <laughs> yeah, that, and that that's guy from like, Star Wars. Nah. <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. What? But I just think in this movie, every single person who was cast fit their part so well. There was nobody that was like, uh, "That's not." Like even the two guys. Um, oh crap! The ones who are trying to get Chaucer to gamble, and like he gambles and loses his money, and. The, like, uh, the the partner and the um Peter oh, is it Peter the partner yeah or something uh, like that I can't remember the other guy's name like even down to those characters everybody was uh, was uh Jocelyn what uh what was her name what was Jocelyn's girl's name oh I just remember her as her handmaiden I can't remember her name handmaid, I know she has yeah. one but like they, even she was great. Yeah. Um, She had a name. (laughs) I've just watched it twice, Aaron. Twice. Yeah. And I can't. (laughs) It's been months for me, so your your memory should be better than mine. Yeah, it should. That's what happens when we get old. Um, So the the movie was filmed in the Czech Republic, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I Um, think that's right. Like they had to, they had to go find somewhere where it was believable that you know you had these medieval type surroundings, and so they were like out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and apparently, Heath Ledger cracked some ribs doing some of his stunts. Um, and and the area that they were filming in apparently had its worst rain in a century while they were filming. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. So. Uh, Apparently they had a lot of a lot of issues and and the extras. This this is a funny story that I remember hearing years ago. The the extras that they had on set did not speak English. Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, the scene where um, we it's it's the first tournament that uh, William is in as Sir Ulrich. Yeah. And he's there. He, he does the um, the sword uh, fighting tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Chaucer at the end of does his big speech and, and is talking about how great Ulrich is. Yeah. Nobody's responding. Nobody laughed. Nothing. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me again. I'm sorry. I keep coughing. I'm sick. Um, But yeah, Chaucer does his, his big speech and nobody responds. And then you've got Roland over here suddenly going, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. everyone but it's because no one understood what he was saying. Uh-uh. Like no one responds because they don't. They know. none of them spoke English, <laughs> right? 
But I also um, read that a good majority of them were homeless. They oh, really? were like, yeah, that they, uh, well, a lot of them were homeless people that they brought in as extras. I, I'm assuming like it was a great thing to do because, you know, they had to get paid for being an extra. Sure. But I had read that, that they didn't speak English and that they were all homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, as I was watching that scene this morning, it always makes me laugh because it's just now that I know, like now that I know none of those people understood what he was saying. And then Roland's like, yeah, and then everybody starts to cheer. It's it's a great scene. It's so funny. Hmm. Okay, All right. Another... So, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you saying? No, I, I don't remember. I started to say it and it left me. Um, well, I was just going to say it's, uh, you know, we're more than 20 years past this movie coming out. What do you think A Knight's Tale represents as a part of Heath Ledger's legacy? Hmm, interesting. I mean, so, I mean, obviously. We have his tragic death in 2008. Was it 2007? Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, you know that I think about I th- you know I often think about him and I think about uh, you know other young actors who who died way before their prime. You know, mm-hmm. um, like River Phoenix. Even even looking back to the classics, like James Dean, dude was in three mm-hmm. movies, I think, and he was brilliant in all th- in all three of those movies he was in, but. And and again, River River Phoenix, um, Stand by Me, and um, there was other things he was in. He was in Sneakers uh, with Robert Redford, and um, you know, you think about how good his performance was just in Stand by Me as a child actor. Yeah, you know, yeah. What what could they have become if they had, you know, continued to grow in their uh, craft? Yeah. Um, so I think about that with Heath Ledger as well. You know, he he went on to, you know, play the Joker in such a different way than it, it had ever been done before. But it was yeah. so brilliant, and yeah. and people were like, "No, Heath Ledger can't play the Joker," but he was so good at it, and he yeah. like, and it just showed it just showed what a brilliant actor he was. And it's just it's just sad to think, you know, what else could have been. If, if he yeah. had continued on. Yeah, agreed. Because, you know, you can kind of say it when I think about it, like it's sad, like I was devastated. I was devastated the day I got the call that he had died, but um, but he ended like Joker was phenomenal. Even when I think about this, re, this movie they made, was it the Joker that was at Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah the really dark as a kid well not a kid as a younger person I loved Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson I thought he was a great Joker until I saw Heath Ledger play the Joker and I don't think either one of them played the Joker the way Heath Ledger did and I go back and think when as much as I love a Knight's Tale when I think of Heath Ledger I think of him as the Joker like that is where he (laughs) that's the impression he left on me because he played it so well and you know, they say only the good die young. Mm. He was young and he he left us with some some really good stuff. I, I noticed he did a movie with this, I think the same director 
um, I think it was called The Order. I haven't seen it. I think it's supposed to kind of be like a scary movie. And I think um, the girl is in it from Night's Tale and oh, what's the guy's name that plays Roland? I think the three of them are in the movie. And it came out, I'm pretty sure, after Night's Tale. But um, he he left us with like, 10 things I, I hate about you. Yeah, 10 things I hate about you. Like, that's another one that's like, girls, talk about. Like, when you're young, you've seen 10 things I hate about you. And it's kind of like Mean Girls. You, It's just a classic. It's clueless. It's 10 things I hate about you and Mean Girls. And, like, these are the things that he left us with. Like things to look back on and like, oh, that was such a a great movie or he did such a great job as, as, as the Joker. Like he established himself as a great actor. And that's what I, you know, that's, I feel like that's a, um, to, to leave with the Joker as your last big character. I think that's not bad. Like, I think that's pretty impressive. Because did he, was he nominated for that part? He won. He won the he Oscar did? for it. Yeah, posthumously, okay. yeah. I think his, yeah. his family accepted on his behalf at the yeah. award ceremony. But, um, yeah, he uh, definitely, you know, this, I don't think anyone would, wouldn't necessarily say that that he got to you know demonstrate his his entire acting range playing um William Thatcher in a night's tale but it it also showed that he had the capability of leading a movie mm-hmm. um and and being that leading man that would propel him into being a bigger draw at the box office mm-hmm. um and uh and yeah you're right you know his his last major performance as as the joker um you know just it it leaves a mark um because mm-hmm. i remember i remember watching uh watching the dark knight and you know i'm i'm one now i don't pass judgment on you know when they cast somebody in a role, I'm not going to judge it until I see how it turns out. Right. Yeah. Because, and it's because of that, because, you know, when, when he was cast as a Joker, you had all these trolls on the internet saying that there's no way he can play the Joker. He is, you know, this rom-com kid who, you know, was in a nightstand. No, he's some broke back mountain. He, he can't do the Joker. Oh, I it's forgot like, about broke back mountain. And it's just like, <laughs> stop like don't don't judge it until after he's he's shown you what he can do and and he he you lose Heath Ledger in that role like yeah I don't don't watch Dark Knight and see Heath Ledger as the Joker I just see the Joker yeah oh yeah like he is he is 100% lost in that part and and it's just it speaks to really just the talent that he had um so yeah, I I think you know I not to not to make light of his passing, but I do wonder like some of these some of those older movies that maybe weren't as popular back in the day. I wonder if like this one, you know, has it 
achieved cult status in part because we don't have him anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I wonder if it's because he did such a great job in the Joker. It made people go back and was like, oh, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go back and, and see his earlier stuff. Because, yeah, I remember, mm -hmm. like, like you, I, I remember The Patriot and and 10 Things I Hate About You, I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it. I, I actually joked with somebody one time. I was like, I don't understand why 10 Things I Hate About You doesn't get the same kind of love that Mean Girls get because yeah. it has the same kind of, like, you know, there's hilarious one-liners that pop up throughout the movie. It's like, come on, this is a great movie. Let's mm -hmm. give it the respect it deserves. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So we are actually running short on time. So any final thoughts before we wrap up? Mm, no, I'm just excited that we got to talk about my favorite movie. And, and even watching it again this morning, you know, as I'm watching, I'm like, all right, can I really say it's this this many years later is this still my favorite movie and by the time i finished it the first time i was like yes there is no there's no arguing this is this is my favorite movie yeah it stands at number one <laughs> it is always fun to watch now it's, i won't say it's my favorite movie obviously that's back to the future because it is the best yeah. movie ever made but <laughs> um you know it is one that when i see it pop up in like one of those feeds on on streaming i don't know if it is it on netflix right now no it's on hulu it's on hulu okay um mm -hmm. it goes back and forth like it, it it bounces from one streamer to another and and yeah. uh it's it is one of those when i see it pop up on my list like i'm like i haven't seen that in a while i'm gonna watch that because it because right. it's one of those that you don't necessarily i don't have to pay attention to it right it can be noise in the background, but I, I know what's happening. I know what's going on and I'm still entertained by it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's always a fun watch folks out there listening, watching this on YouTube. If you haven't seen a night's tale, do yourself a favor, find it on Hulu and, and watch it. It'll be a good hour and 45 minutes. Um, you won't regret. So absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Nicole, for dropping in and uh, having this conversation about your favorite movie. Thank um, you. And thank you, as always, to our listeners and viewers for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit that bell to stay up to date every time we drop something new here on the channel. And until next time, have a great whatever it is, wherever you are. Mm -hmm.